Okay, I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, as always, all of the scripture references that we look at will be on the screen for you, the notes that you can follow along. I really encourage you uh, to take notes and engage with the teaching and preaching of God's Word. You can look at it in your own time alone with the Lord during the week, and just as you take notes, you're engaging with scripture, letting the Holy Spirit speak to you. Luke chapter 17 and We'll get there here in just a moment by way of introduction. Let me just say this, at the start of the year, uh, I began my third year serving as pastor here at Champion Forest, and let me just say this, it has been such an honor uh, to serve as your pastor and to serve alongside the team that God has given us here at Champion Forest. My family and I, we absolutely love uh, being here in Houston. I mean, we love it so much, we're rooting for a Dallas loss this afternoon, all right? Uh, we love being here in Houston, and uh, we love uh, our faith family called Champion Force. When I first got here two years ago, I had a number of conversations with a number of people uh, that asked uh, at various times, uh, Pastor, what's your vision for the church? And I would tell them very plainly, I don't have a vision. Uh, and I really didn't. I didn't come here with some grand vision of what uh, God wanted to do uh, with Champion Forest. Now, I've been called to preach since I was 17. I knew I wanted to be a senior pastor as a senior in high school. And for God to allow me to do it uh, at such a time as this right here at Champion Forest, I'm humbled by it. I love it. And I feel that God prepared me for this place, prepared this place for me. And, and us together, and it has been a wonderful marriage these last two years between pastor and people. I hope you feel like I do, uh, that it's been kind of a glove-in-hand fit together as we're walking together and pray for more of those days and uh, the days ahead. But I didn't have a, a grand vision. Uh, I, I was very open with people. My first year, uh, I just wanted to pray and observe what's going on. Uh, like Nehemiah, who was called back to Jerusalem to rebuild uh, the walls uh, surrounding Jerusalem, he prayed and he observed, and that's what I wanted to do. Uh, that was my stated goal. I wanted to pray, I wanted to observe what's taking place, I wanted to get to know you, I wanted to love you the best that I could, and my goal was to preach the paint off the wall every single week. Now, I don't know if I accomplished that, uh, but I can tell you, uh, I prayed and I observed. And very quickly, year two uh, for me came to be about alignment. Uh, when you move forward in a multi-site church, uh, and we are one church in three locations, and just so you know, uh, our North Klein uh, campus is watching this message today, our Jersey Village campus is watching this message today from here in Champions because we just believe uh, that this message was for the church, and we wanted to get the entire church hearing the same message and uh, we're all on the same track. And uh, they'll break up, of course, 99% of the time they are listening to their campus pastors. But today we're all in uh, together. And as a multi-site church, you inevitably have complexities that come up in your ministry. I so admire the heart of previous leadership in this church, Pastor Damon Shook and his team. Uh, for 28 years. I mean, they kept the main thing the main thing, and they were about missions and evangelism, and it was baked into the DNA of our church, even from uh, the very beginning with Pastor Robin Guess, who planted this church and started it, came up to Northwest Houston. Why? Because they wanted to reach more people. And then under the leadership of Pastor 
David Fleming and his team, they built on this, keeping the main thing, the main thing, and their goal and desire, we want to reach all people. We want to reach more people. And this is seen very visibly in our diversity. You walk into any church, uh, uh, any campus at Champion Forest, and you're going to be welcome. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter what your background is. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter if you have a voice or no voice at all, our deaf ministry, you're welcome here at Champion Force because God put it in our heart to be a church that reflects the kingdom and we have a heart for the kingdom. Secondly, you see this visibly reaching all people in the sense that we did go multi-site. Leadership and the church, you decided way before I got here that if we wanted to be effective in reaching as many people as possible, uh, we needed to adopt this multi-site strategy, and you did that. And so we started the North Klein campus. Now, amazing to think about this, 300 members went out from our Champions campus to start the North Klein campus. And are you ready for this? That was 10 years ago this September, 10 years ago. And God is using this campus to reach more people. They're averaging over 1,100 a weekend. In fact, I brought this picture for you. This is a picture of our student ministry. We're already outgrown the space there. This is a group of our students. That's Matt Ligon there in the background. Many of you know him teaching these students. They're meeting in Pastor Stephen Morris's office, okay? We've outgrown the space. And so we are praying right now, working right now, strategizing right now about what the next steps are in order to build out the North Klein campus, because if we're going to keep reaching people, we have to have a place to put them. Six years ago, we merged with the Jersey Village Church. And this has been a process, and that makes sense a little bit. Uh, it's very different when you start a church out of your own church, a campus, if you will, and it has that DNA, and you merge with the church. That takes a little bit more time, and we have been working diligently to get staff in place. It's a, a beautiful church located right off of 290, a great location. And uh, we're praying for God to continue to work in our Jersey Village campus and believe great days are ahead. And so I just say that to say that year one was about prayer and observation. Year two was about alignment. With multi-site, we wanted to get everybody on the same page. We don't expect our campuses to be identical twins. And listen, this is all by way of introduction. I'm going somewhere with this, okay? So hang with me. We don't expect our campuses to be identical twins. Uh, they are in different locations, and of course, they are going to have different ministries and different programs and different events to reach their area that we are in. But when I talk about alignment, we needed to come together and make sure that we were on the same page regarding the heart behind the ministries and the events and the programs. Uh, to make sure that we had the same follow-up procedures in process, that that whole idea of reaching people. Uh, that whole idea of reaching as many people as possible with the good news of Jesus, uh, that it's being replicated in all of our campuses. And so year one was about prayer and observation. It was about loving people and, and preaching uh, the gospel. Year two was about alignment. Year three, and this is what I'm here to talk to you about today and why we're bringing all of our campuses together like this, is I want to talk to you today about a vision that I believe that God has put on our heart, and I use that word our strategically. This is not something that I just dreamed up in my office one day. This is something that our senior team and many members of our staff have been speaking into for a number of months. Certainly the articulation uh, is something that I worked on and tweaked, and I am very excited today to bring you 
uh, what I believe is uh, God's vision for our church uh, from today and into the foreseeable future. We're calling this series Focus for yourself, for our church, and for the future. I love the turning of a calendar year, something about fresh starts and new beginnings. And I was in the Holy Land with our group from the church, and I was praying through uh, just the start of the year. And something that I've done is, uh, you know, I like resolutions, and I believe in resolutions, but something I learned from author John Gordon was he, he kind of encourages you not to do resolutions because sometimes those can fizzle out three or four weeks down the road. Uh, but he encourages you to think of a word for the year. And let that word encapsulate your resolutions. And you can always just go back to that word that, that you have. It's going to be your word for the year. And so it could be anything. I mean, it could be the word grow. And that encapsulates what you want to be about. I want to grow in my relationship with the Lord. I want to grow in my marriage. I want to grow uh, in uh, my talent in this area of life. Whatever it may be, I want to grow. Or it may be joy. You know, I want to, be, I want to find joy in every circumstance of life. I want to find joy. Uh, just at home. It, it could be any word. And I was praying, God, uh, what, what word do you have for me? I knew I was going to be preaching this series and what it was going to be about. And I was there in the Holy Land and uh, I was walking through Jerusalem, I remember it, and just praying. And uh, God put this word on my heart. And I knew immediately this was not only going to be my word for the year, but it needed to be the word for the new series. And I immediately text our comms team and said, man, I've got it. This is, this is the direction that we need to go. And it's the word focus. I want my life to be all about focusing on that which matters most. I want to always remain focused on what is most important. I want our church to remain focused on what's most important. I want God to lift the fog and to bring clarity to what our lives should be about, to what our church should be about. Personally, corporately, if we want to make a difference for Jesus in our generation, in future generations, how are we going to do it? It's going to be by focus. And so I want you to say that word with me, a little participation here on the count of three. Say the word focus. One, two, three. Focus. Now, as we lay this out today, here's how I want to articulate it, and every word that I give you is important. Every word matters. And believe me when I say this, you will begin to see this incorporated everywhere. You will see it on the walls of our church. You will see it incorporated in the communication of our church, in the social media of our church. It's what will determine our mission efforts. It what will determine how and why we give, motivate us in our community service is what our life groups and ministries and events and programs will revolve around. And my prayer is that this would get so deep within us that it just becomes a part of us. And listen, as I give this to you this morning, I recognize fully, I was reading this morning before church, my time alone with the Lord. I'm in the prophet, uh, minor prophet Haggai, and uh, he is told to rebuild uh, the walls there, rebuild the temple there in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that the Lord stirred the spirit of the people. They didn't get to work. They didn't embrace Haggai's message until the Lord stirred their hearts. And so what I'm praying today is that I speak, as I speak to you this morning, as I share this vision, I'm asking God to stir your heart. And I'm asking you to pray. Because again, this has a personal element to it. It has a corporate element to it. I'm asking you, if it's of God, to just pray and say, God, what role do I play 
in this. And again, every word matters. Here it is. Champion Forest advances the kingdom by making disciples, loving our community, and strengthening the church. Now, this is nothing new here. It's not rocket science. It's something we as a church have been doing for quite some time. We're just putting a bright light on it today, putting a renewed focus on what we need to make sure that we are always about. And so in today's message, I'm going to work the first part of this statement out. Champion Force advances the kingdom. And over the next three weeks, while I'll introduce what I'm calling our focus priorities, I'll briefly introduce them today, but we're going to work, work them out in detail over the next three weeks. But this is what we are going to be about. Champion Forest advances the kingdom. Our lives and our church should always be about the advancement of God's kingdom. You read the New Testament. Over 80 times the word kingdom is used. It's an important word. It's an important theology that we need to grasp. Jesus in a conversation with the Pharisees in Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 20, the Bible says this, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Now, the kingdom of God was something the Jewish people longed for. It represented all of their hopes, all of their dreams. The psalmist records, Psalm 103, 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Daniel chapter 4, verse 3, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You read the scriptures, specifically in the Old Testament, and you see this promise that one day God would bring his eternal kingdom to earth. We just finished this message series in December that we called The Thread, Finding Jesus in the Old Testament. And it was all about learning of this promise of this leader to come, this ruler to come, this Messiah that was to come who would establish God's kingdom on the earth. We read of this promise, we read of this prophecy, probably most clearly that a ruler would come and establish an earthly kingdom in Daniel's prophecy, Daniel chapter 7, starting in verse 13. Look at what the Bible says. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, here came one like a son of man. Now that's an important word, important phrase. Jesus uses this phrase, son of man, over 70 times in the Gospels. It's his favorite term used to describe himself. It's a term that Describes the one that we're going to read here in just a moment. God would bestow all power and glory upon. He would establish his rule and reign on the earth. Some people say Jesus never claimed to be God. Not so. He claimed to be the son of man, the one whom God would give authority to. And he presented himself. He came to the ancient of days. That's God the Father was presented before him. And to him, the son of man, look at this, was given dominion and glory in a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Now you look at this language and fast forward it to the days of Jesus when he walked the earth. 
And as you know, Israel had been under the oppression of the Roman Empire for years. Under the harsh rule and reign of Rome, they were paying taxes to Caesar. And in the minds of the people, in the hearts of the people, their hearts cry was, God, we need a ruler. Let what you talked about in Daniel come. Let your kingdom come. Bring your king on. And the problem is not that they were looking for a king. It wasn't that they were asking God to establish his kingdom. That wasn't the problem. The problem is they were looking for a political king. They were looking for a military leader. One like Alexander the Great who would lead a movement to free them from Roman oppression and to once and for all establish their national destiny. This was the type of king and kingdom they were looking for because once this happened, then God could be praised as he was worthy to be praised. Once the king was here, then he could be worshipped as he needs to be worshipped because he would be large and in charge. He would be ruling and reigning. This is what the people were wanting. This is what they were dreaming for. This is what they were thinking. And so when Jesus shows up, he's unlike anything that they had ever considered. It's not what they expected. Jesus even saying to Pontius Pilate, John chapter 18, verse 36, when he's being handed over, he tells Pontius Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. And here he tells Luke 17, these Pharisees, the kingdom of God is standing in the midst of you. The very thing they were longing for and hoping for. They missed because it wasn't what they thought. It wasn't what they expected. They didn't understand the kingdom. And so to make sure that we don't make that same mistake, let's give a little working definition to kingdom. Whenever I talk about the kingdom, here's how I want you to think about it in your mind. I'll put the definition on the screen. The kingdom is the realm of God's rule and reign. This is Simply as I can get it. The kingdom is God's rule and reign. Graham Goldsworthy is an Anglican theologian from Australia. He wrote a great work, most known for his work, The Gospel and the Kingdom. He said this, summarizing the kingdom of God. It's God's people in God's place under God's rule. There's, of course, a spiritual element to this. There's an already happening, not yet fulfilled fully aspect to the kingdom of God. Like, it's already happening. Yes, he has this eternal kingdom, very spiritual in nature. That kingdom has existed for all of eternity, but it was initiated on earth in Jesus' first coming. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, from the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, the Bible says Jesus began to preach, saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, it's used interchangeably. Repent for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. When we repent and by faith come to know Jesus, we are brought into the kingdom. Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, a religious leader who would have, was looking for the kingdom. He would have known about the kingdom. You remember their conversation, Jesus in John chapter 3? He said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said you must be born again. And so we see Jesus brings people into the kingdom of God spiritually. He saves us. He sets us apart. His rule and reign begins in our heart, in our life. And while this kingdom is very spiritual in nature, we're told that while we live here on earth, that we should pray and labor and work to help bring his eternal spiritual kingdom to earth so that it's realized and witnessed in a very real and tangible and physical way. Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done. We're told to seek first, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added unto you. Really the Sermon on the Mount, the longest sermon we have of Jesus in scripture, the first sermon that we have, his longest discourse is all about the kingdom. It starts off, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then it nears its conclusion, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so the kingdom is spiritual in nature, but if we are citizens of the kingdom of God, if we've been born again spiritually, then we will live And we will act and we will work to bring that spiritual kingdom to earth to make the rule and reign of God a reality in the here and now. Now make no mistake about it. That prophecy in Daniel, that one day there would be an earthly rule and all nations would come and all languages and all people groups would come and bow before the king and there would be an everlasting king kingdom and a dominion that never ends that is our future that will be a reality when Jesus returns and he establishes a new heaven and a new earth he will reign in his kingdom a kingdom of perfection forever and ever and ever and there will be no more pain and there will be no more night and there will be no more sorrow and there will be no more sin it is going to happen he will reign in his kingdom and all of his ways get this all of his ways will be followed and his will will be done on earth because it will be heaven but until that time we labor and we work and we pray to bring about God's kingdom his rule and reign to this broken sin-filled world this is why we exist champion forest as individuals as a church This is what we are about, extending, advancing the rule of reign of God on earth. We're advancing his kingdom, not our kingdom. This is not about champion force. It's not about us. As a church, God has blessed us, but we don't have a corner on the market of God's economy. If he chooses to use us, to him be the glory. But we don't labor and pray for the advancement of champion force. Now, we want to reach as many people as possible, and we'll do it in a variety of ways, multi-sites, planning churches, outreach events, ministries. But the ultimate aim, what we strive for, what we labor toward, what we pray for, is the advancement of the kingdom of God. Do you remember Matthew 13? 
They're called the kingdom parables. There's eight of them. Jesus talks about the kingdom. He says the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when somebody finds that treasure, they go sell everything they have and they buy that field because the kingdom of God is worth it all. He says it's like the pearl of great value. Like there's nothing more precious, nothing of greater value than the kingdom of God. He said it's like a mustard seed. Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. The kingdom of God is going to grow. It is going to advance. It can't help but advance. By its very nature, it will grow. The question is, how much will we be a part of it? Personally and corporately, will this be the focus of our lives? Will this be the focus of our church? I'm telling you, I don't want to live in such a way that life's about me and my needs and my dreams. That doesn't last. That's not eternal. I want to be about what matters the most, and I want to focus my life on it. For our church to focus on what matters, to focus on the eternal. We've got to make the decision now. And we can't afford to be distracted by lesser things. No distractions, but a focus on that which matters and is eternal. Some of you have noticed uh, that we changed the logo, the look of our church, the brand. You might have seen it at the start of the year. Our comms team has been working on this, and I've been holding them off, holding them off, holding them off, and then finally I said, year three, okay, let's do it. And just some interesting information you may want to know. You've had four pastors in your history, and in each tenure they've had a different logo, a different brand, so to speak. And uh, our comms team is incredible. I'm so proud of them, man. They work so hard. They tell the story of what God is doing here in such an amazing way. And they worked hard on this new brand, and it kind of keeps the champion for us look. You know, it's a leaf, if you notice. And when you look at it, next time you see it, you'll see it all over the place. There's a cross in it because that's what we're always going to be about, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, sharing his gospel, keeping the main thing the main thing. The cross is leaning forward. We like that word around here, forward. It's advancing. It's awesome. And I realize that when you make a change like this, some people are going to hate it. I don't like it. Some people are going to love it. I love it. Some churches would fight and argue over it. I was thinking about this when I was in my doctoral seminar, one of them at, uh, with Liberty Seminary. I had Dr. Elmer Towns as a professor. He was 80-something years old when he was teaching us. And uh, to this day, he's in his 90s now, he still teaches a Sunday school class every Sunday. And um, he stood before a group of us preachers, and it was a seminar on uh, church growth, reaching people. And he said, gentlemen, say this with me, 80-something years old. And he said, methods are many, principles are few, methods may change, but principles never do. And what he was saying is, over the course of your ministry, there's going to be changes. But there's some things that ought to never change. 
Listen, in the future, there's going to be changes. I get that. I understand that. And I understand change is hard. There's some ministries, new ministries that we're going to start, and there's some older ministries that may cease to be. We're going to bring new staff members on, and there's going to be some staff members that decide God's calling them somewhere else, and they're going to go. There's going to be change. But let me tell you what's never going to change around here, and that's what matters most, and that is advancing the kingdom of God. We are going to be about advancing the kingdom. That's what we do. Now, very quickly, here's how we're going to advance the kingdom. I'm calling these our focus priorities. We're going to work these out in the next three weeks. I'm going to give them to you very briefly here. Champion Force advances the kingdom by, number one, making disciples. This is the Great Commission. There is no improving on the words of Jesus, the last words of Jesus before he ascended to his Father. He gave the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Again, there is a personal element to this. There is a corporate element to this. One day we are going to stand before the Lord, and we're going to give an account for our life. And if we want success stamped on our life, if we want faithfulness stamped on our life, it's going to come down to this choice right here. Did we make disciples? Every one of you that are here that has trusted in Jesus Christ is here because somebody took the baton of faith and invested it in your life. They shared with you the gospel. The question is, are you taking that baton and passing it on? It was a mom, it was a dad, it was a student worker, it was a children's worker, it was a vacation Bible school, it was a church. Somebody invested the gospel in you and raised you up. You were a disciple. And the question is, Are you making disciples? It is the great commission. It's what God has called us to do, and it's got to be at the core of everything we do as a church. You're not just a teacher that teaches school. You're a disciple maker that uses teaching as the vehicle to make disciples. You're not just a businessman or a businesswoman. Again, this great commission is not given to professional clergy. There is no such thing. It's given to every person that names the name of Christ. In the early church, what were they called? Little Christ, because they were walking around and they looked like Jesus. They emulated Jesus. How many people are walking around emulating Jesus because you've discipled them? You brought them along. If we're going to advance the kingdom, it's going to happen by making disciples. It's the Great Commission. But secondly, it happens by loving our community. This is what the Great Commandment. Remember the lawyer comes to Jesus? What's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Champion Force, you've done this. We're just building on it. We're just articulating it in this way. We love our community well. CMC, school partnerships, community partnerships, our blessed initiative where we're getting to know our neighbors and pray for our neighbors and have our neighbors over to share Jesus with them. We want to do whatever it takes to continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. There's a driving question that we ask behind all of these focus priorities, and I'll share them with you in the coming weeks. But you want to know what the driving question was on this focus priority, loving our community? We asked this question. If Champion Force disappeared off the face of the map tomorrow, if our church was no more tomorrow, would our community even know or care? My prayer is that we would love our community so much that if there was 
a disappearance of Champion Force, it would leave such a hole in this community because they say, man, that church, they were full of, they, they were a people of hope. They served us. They loved us. They cared for us. If we're going to advance the kingdom, and we're going to advance the kingdom, we're going to do it by making disciples the Great Commission, by loving our community the Great Commandment, and then third and finally, by strengthening the church. And I'm calling this the Great Commitment. I said every word matters, every letter matters. I want you to notice that word church, it's, it's big C, it's capital C. It's not about us. Notice, I said strengthen the church. I didn't say build the church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, I will build my church. The church is Jesus' church. Like, doesn't need to be said here, and trust me, I understand it and fully realize it. Jesus is the senior pastor of Champion Forest. And he is the groom to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this right here, this is an issue of stewardship. And when we use our spiritual gifts, and when we go on mission all over the world, and when we give, this is why we put such an emphasis on giving, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. What are we doing when this happens? It's strengthening the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. And champion force, we have been given much by God. God has blessed us in immeasurable ways. He's given us an incredible, talented team. He's given us a, a great influence uh, with other churches. He's blessed us with resources that we're able to do things that other churches aren't able to do. And so what do we do? One of the focus priorities is we've got to be about strengthening the church, the big C, the church. This is why we created a residency program, 22 residents right now on our team, didn't exist two years ago. Here, because you blessed this vision and gave toward this vision, and here they are serving in our church while they're in seminary full-time, and we'll either raise them up in our organization, send them to one of our campuses, or we will send them out to a gospel-centered, kingdom-minded church doing a great work all over North America. It's what our CF Connect is about. Our church planting and our pastor resourcing are. We want to be about blessing other pastors. And by the way, tonight, we've got 30 senior pastors and their wives coming in from all over North America for two and a half days of training. And you give to support this ministry. 30 pastors and their wives coming in just to support them and love them and bless them, encourage them. Our Spanish ministry, under Pastor Ramon Medina and his incredible team, do you realize in the last two years, we've planted nine church work starts in, 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 uh, in North America? I'm talking about places like Detroit, uh, Fort Worth, um, uh, 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 Oklahoma City, just to name a few, all over Texas. We've got 11 Spanish pastors in training right now that will plant churches in San Francisco, Sacramento, Colorado Springs, Jackson, Mississippi. These are Spanish works that come in because they know what God's done here at Champion Force and they want to learn from Pastor Ramon and his team. They come here for a year and then we send them out to start Spanish works all over the country. That's happening right now. That's strengthening the church. People always, people always, people always calling us, asking us about our worship ministry. Brent's hosting a gathering of worship pastors, wants to come learn from Champion Force. Our children's ministry team, our student ministry team, sharing resources. Jeff Young, our executive pastor, has got a number of executive pastors coming in, wants to learn about organization, administration, how to, how to come alongside a pastor and, and lead a church. 
Mark Lanier, our biblical literacy class, that's a resource in and of itself. We've got to look at this and say, how do we use these resources? How do we use these gifts that God has given us so that we can bless more people, bless more churches, bless more pastors? Why? Because it strengthens the church. This is what we have to be about. And so we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to strengthen, not just champion force but the church. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to pray about this. I'm asking you to pray and ask the Lord, God, what part do I play? Personally, what do you want from me? And then corporately, how can these focused priorities become a part of my life so that we can advance the kingdom? for the glory of God. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, Of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.